Hey Bears fans, welcome to Bearscat once again. I'm Thomas. I'm Jim. And we have a special guest today. Yeah, so welcome on. Probably the most credentialed guest that we've had on Bearscat by Celebrity by far. Uh Star Tribune columnist Lavelle Neal. You can find him on Twitter at Lavelle Neal. And he also does a Minnesota Twins podcast with Jim Suhan and Roy Smalley called Chin Music. Lavelle, how you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. Uh, this is a, quite the honor to be here, and I really appreciate the appearance fee that comes with this as well. <laughs> All the free publicity is <laughs> worth its weight in gold. Now, I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, it's always good to have somebody on to talk about the Bears and get their perspective. And obviously, with Lavelle, he, his name brings with it some additional weight just because he's so tapped into the Minnesota sports scene and also follows the Bears really closely. So happy to have you. I guess maybe just the logical place to start out is we're leading up to the draft, and we've had a lot of headlines this offseason that we've discussed. Lavelle, would be interested in just getting your perspective on how the Bears' offseason has gone and what the direction looks like going forward here. Well, you know, I think Poles did the big move by moving Khalil Mack to the extra second pick. Um, it's, it's a bummer that we don't have a first-round pick this year, given the state of the roster, but um, as if anyone's been alive as a Bears fan, they've noticed that the Bears continuously have thrown draft picks at, at quarterbacks, going all the way back to Rick Meyer, going continuing through Jay Cutler, oh. and in the Mitchell Trubisky. First appearance Rick Meyer might mention. <laughs> Sorry. But we, we've done this so many times that it hasn't worked out. We need, we need this to work out. So, um, I mean, we got holes everywhere. I, think, I don't know if there's a position group other than running back where you can look and feel comfortable where the Bears are at right now. So, um, so you start with the trenches. I like to see them address offensive line and defensive line as early as possible in the draft. Um, I'm, I'm guessing one of those uh, two um, second-round picks will be an old lineman. Now the second second-round pick could be wide receiver or edge rusher or D-tackle, you know, or corner <laughs> or safety. You know, <laughs> both sides of the ball need help, but I also want to put Justin Fields in the best position as possible, to flourish. Right. Um, step one was getting him away from Nagy. Uh, now oh. Step two is to get him some weapons. I'm encouraged that he went down and has worked out with uh, Darnell Mooney and Cole Komet. Oh, Komet, by the way, reported for off-season workouts. Absolutely jacked. All right. <laughs> he has added some muscle. He is a beast this year. So he's ready to take things to the next level. I'm, I'm he excited. is a really big dude. I'm encouraged to hear that and, that news. And this is year three for Komet, right? Yep. Yes. So a lot of times it does take tight ends a little bit longer, and especially Komet was drafted really young, I think. I think he was a couple years younger than George Kittle was, who people always compare him to because they went in the same draft. So maybe if he is truly in the best shape of his life, which is always the flashy headline that we hear this time of year, Maybe he is ready to take this next step. I, I think he gets a bit of a bad rap. I don't think he's been as bad as people make him out to be, but he certainly hasn't been as productive as you'd like to see a player drafted where he was. So we'll, right. we'll see on him. But back to what Lavelle was saying about the draft, you can't really go wrong like you were saying, right? Yeah. I mean, Ryan Poles could pick pretty much any permutation of positions with these first picks, and I don't think anybody's going to have any right to be mad about it. Mad about it until we actually see these guys out on the field. So that's something that is certainly exciting because it's pretty much a clean slate at this point, and you can go wherever you want in terms of position. But it's all about are you going to get guys that can play? That's where the last yeah. regime fell short. Uh, yeah, I'm never, the thing I'm nervous about the most is that. Um, Larry Borum is at tackle right now, left tackle right now in workouts. And that tells you, one, that um, uh, uh, Nagy and um, Pace were the only people in America who thought that uh, that Tevin Jenkins could play left tackle. And, and now he's <laughs> back at right tackle. He probably belonged all along. So we need a left tackle. Can you find a 5- to 10-year starter at left tackle in the second round? I don't know. That makes me nervous. Because that's a spot that you need to have. That's like having like a a, 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 a front end rotation starter in baseball, or, or you know, a great centerman in hockey, or a goaltender in hockey. You know, you need that's one spot you need an anchor there. Um, like, can you get that in the second round? I hope Poles has the eye for that t- type of talent. Yeah, what's the over under on how many starters the Bears play at left tackle this year? <laughs> four, four and a half. I mean, I don't think Larry Borum is going to be the long term answer there. You can maybe we don't know that though. We don't. 
I heard that they don't even think Bourne can play well. They don't, I, I think there's a sour. There's, they have soured on Bourne already. I've heard that rumor really too. Yes, and I mean earlier in the year, Poles described his ideal offensive lineman, and he likes smaller, faster offensive linemen. And Larry Bourne's biggest attribute is right. that he's huge. Yeah. Well, so so is um, Jenkins. My God, he's a massive yeah. man. Jenkins is yeah. a little bit more athletic, yeah. though, I think. I can yeah. see that. He just has short arms, that's it. Yeah, yeah he has that <laughs> short arms thing. And you know, you know what, though? It's like you were saying, Lavelle. Uh, he was the number one projection at right tackle mm-hmm. when he came out. He was the number five overall tackle in the draft. So we did get value getting him where we did. But it's why they continually always tried to take guys, draft them, and then bring them in and put them at places where they didn't excel mm-hmm. always was confounding, you know? I never got that. Uh, I think it only made sense to them. But um, <laughs> but uh, this kid uh, that there has been a lot of draft buzz about because he is uh, predicted to probably be available at 39 is this Tyler Smith uh, from Tulsa. Is that right? Yeah, I think so, yeah. No, is it Tulsa? No, it's not Tulsa. It's Tulane. Tulane, sorry. Yep. Yeah, Tulane. Um, he's big, very long arms, uh, like 34 and a half, I think. Uh, so true left tackle size, uh, plays with the mean streak, which we've heard Poles really likes. Um, I did read from uh, uh, from uh, Kuiper that he had 13 penalties though last year. So, But, you know... Uh, that's that's college. This is pro. The amount of uh, training and coaching that he'll go through at this level is completely different. So he is starting to creep up into the back end of the first round on some yep. big boards, though. Um, and there's a belief that he's probably going to be a guard. Yeah, and it's going to be interesting to see. But yeah, he does have that mean streak that Poles has talked about. And, yeah, and the Bears need a guard. Yeah, they do. Well, and you know, so that's the thing is, and yeah, I'd seen that as well. The the thing is, is that if you are, you know, a big athlete like that, which, by the way, uh, I was reviewing the top five at each position uh, from four of the ESPN writers yesterday, and uh, he is in that top five for each for each of those writers, uh, just as a tackle overall. So that's a good indication. Uh, but yeah, if if we had to kick him inside, that certainly wouldn't be a bad thing. No, no, not at all. Um, I gladly take it too because like I said I think we're down two spots in the offensive line I just don't know if someone like your guy's going to be available there I was eyeing someone more along the lines of Kenyon Green out of Texas A&M yeah. who, uh, who was ranked as the 39th overall pick which is right where the Bears two second round picks are, are landing there and he has played left guard left tackle right guard right tackle yeah. he's 325 pounds and he's a great athlete so he's yep. checking off some boxes here so I'm intrigued with that guy as a potential uh, landing spot for the Bears. So, I, I read everything I read about him. Is he's a total beast. Out of curiosity, then, it, it, why isn't he graded as a first round pick? That sounds like a guy that would have a first round grade. I guess what's the what's the downside that's pushing him into the second round? That's a really good question. I, I could, because the measurables look okay. I don't know what his arm link is. I'm sorry, maybe his arm link is a little off. Maybe that's <laughs> you know. Uh, Guards, you got to remember, guards also don't grade out as high. Yeah, I guess that's probably at it. At that level. If he's, so, if he's projected as a guard, that's probably it. Because, right. I mean, there is a good quantity of tackles and DNs that are going to go in the first round. Corner is also going to be really strong in the first round. So, um, And then, you know, uh, as with every single year... All the quarterbacks are slowly moving up to the top. So Malik Taylor is like the 30th overall pick. In terms of the talent level, he's ranked 30th overall. Yep. He's going to go like in the top five picks now. <laughs> is it Willis? Willis. Willis, yeah. Willis yeah. Uh, Liberty. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, no problem. I misspoke. I've heard that the Saints really like him, which is interesting. If I'm the Saints, I like him too. If I'm looking at the alternatives. Yeah. <laughs> and, and see, that's what it comes down to, right? Is that um, one thing that we got to be happy about uh, is that everybody pretty much looks at Fields last year was as a red shirt year, right? Because everything was working against him. But we at least get the excitement this year of have of not having to draft a quarterback mm-hmm. and having a guy come in um, who has already got some experience in the system. We talked about Komet. 
he actually had a pretty good rapport with Komet last year. Mm -hmm. um, much better than any of the other guys that worked with Komet, uh, as far as the quarterbacks were concerned. And, and he had a good rapport with Mooney, so he does have a little bit of jump on the game. The next thing, next thing I want to see from Komet, though, I want to see more chunk plays with him. If I remember correctly, a lot of his catches were like just really short, short routes right out breaking off the line of scrimmage. Nothing like downfield. I want to see him, you know, you know, tear someone down the middle of the field for a twenty-yard gain. Yeah, I yeah. want to see some Gronky type <laughs> plays from, yeah. from Komet in year three from him. So, um, yeah, but you're right. We the thing that, that why we we're it's comfortable to know that we have a quarterback that we're trying to build around, but the clock is ticking. You know, because yep. you want to cash in on the, the rookie quarterback, the, the rookie contract years. Yeah. And so you've got to get the, the Bears got probably this year to recruit. But, you know, 2023, they got to be ready to make some hay here. Uh, as the clock's ticking on that contract. Yeah, you've already wasted one year. Mm -hmm. And typically when you're talking about a rookie quarterback, you want to negotiate that next contract extension after year three. Yeah. So... We'll see what 2022 brings. Hopefully we see some improvements, but it doesn't certainly feel like the team is going to be very good. So then 2023 is kind of that make-or-break year where if you follow the ideal quarterback development timeline, that's when Fields is a star and you sign him to a massive extension after that third year. That might just be delayed now just because of how bad it was after how bad it was his rookie year, but... Hopefully not. Hopefully this coaching staff is in place that can get some more out of him in year two, and then year three it's all systems go because that's when the salary cap opens up and you have all your true your, your full collection of draft picks, and you can hopefully get the players in here that we need. Kayan Green's arm length is 34 and 1 eighth, which that's I believe that's, really in, good. that's in a good range here. Yeah. So. They're saying that his development was stunning a little bit last year. People thought he would have taken a, a, even a bigger step forward last year. But there's still too many other things that have scouts drooling about him. So, yeah, yeah, he he looks like a prototype kind of guard, though. Yeah. I mean, he's pretty beastly. He played at a really good program. Um, yeah, I, 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 I definitely love to welcome that guy with open arms. So we still so need to tackle that. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, and, you know, that's the thing is, is that... Is that the entire time the previous regime is in charge, they only address the interior of the line. And with that, even with that, they didn't address it that great. Um, and then, you know, uh, when we went to the outside, we ended up with Lachavia Simmons. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, mean, I mean, you can make an argument. Oh, Arlington Hambright. You, you can make an argument that the line. Bears have zero offensive linemen on the team that you'd feel good about in 2024, even two years from now. I like yeah. Cody White here, but he, he, he did not have the best year last year. No, and, and, and he's getting up there. He's been on the team for a long time. I, I don't know that he projects out as a long-term guard still. He's been here a long time, but who knows how many years he has left and Lucas Patrick everyone seems like to think he's a nice player but he's on a one-year contract Tevin Jenkins we'll see what we have in him but he, I think he's gonna rock it right tackle actually so? I hope yeah, so I do I hope you're right yeah I think it was like you're saying last year when he got on the field I was like holy crap look at how yeah. big that human yeah. being is <laughs> good grief and I loved it when he got beastly in the Vikings yeah. game it was like, yeah, I want that guy guarding my quarterback. What's frustrating is that the, the Mostafer thing, Sam Mostafer two years ago came out of nowhere, like, hey, we got a center. And then last year it was like, oh my God, we need a center. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that, that set us back. And then signing Ryan Bates to the offer sheet, the Buffalo match. Yeah, I was really fired was up about getting him. That would have been a great addition to that line. Good for that. Good, that, good for that kid. And, you know, the, you know, the one spot in the team that it's we do at least have some uh, confidence in is the fact that our GM and assistant GM are both former offensive linemen. Yes. So that part is a it does make me a, some happiness, right? Yeah, so. I think that any position or sorry, any offensive lineman that the Bears draft this year will probably feel okay about just because I trust the guys doing the evaluation. Yeah. They played the position, they've got a track record of doing it in other places. It's possible the pick might not work because sometimes things just go wrong in the NFL when you're talking about draft picks. But if they pick an offensive lineman in the second round, he ends up not being good. I don't think it's going to be because they messed something up in the process, right? They didn't 
take a guy to play a position he's never played. They didn't take a guy that's oh, got a chronic just, back just that, injury. Please, <laughs> you know. I, I think they're going to make a pick that everybody's going to understand, and hopefully it works out. Sometimes it just doesn't. Guys get hurt. You know, things happen. But let's hope that. Whoever they end up taking with that second round pick, especially if it, if it's an offensive lineman, is a guy that can be on that line for the next ten years or so and yes. just be a productive starter. So if you go offensive line with the first pick, what do you do with the second pick? Um, I'm expecting Poles actually to draft an offensive lineman early and late in the draft. Yeah, I maybe like it. a project guy later on. Right. So is the next pick a defensive player or do we go wide receiver? Well, so um, I actually am hoping that they trade down with it. Uh, because um, thanks to the guy that was in charge who averaged five picks a year, uh, the worst in the NFL, um, we only have six picks. So uh, hopefully, um, at some point at least, maybe we use the third one, the third pick to, uh, to, to trade down. But he needs more picks, just pure quantity. Uh, corner... Has to be up there, right? Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think that's a big hole there. Duke Shelley cannot start at corner. No, in the NFL, and you know that's got to be addressed. Unless it, it does, it does. And and you need more than three cornerbacks. You need four or five that can play because yeah, there's injuries at that position, and just in general, teams go through five, six cornerbacks in a year on a good year. That was remarkable about the Bears last year is that they were that bad and they were actually somewhat healthy position <laughs> for the most part. Like they had pretty consistent starters for most of the year and they were still that awful. They were mostly on the field, but they were still very <laughs> terrible. But yeah, you're right. But we have Jalen Johnson. Uh, I, I think that's a player that most people feel pretty good about. I think Thomas Graham probably slots in as the second corner right now. Mm-hmm. He had some flashes last year. We'll see if he can put it together long term. And then what's the corner they signed from Baltimore? Tavon Young. Tavon Young. Tavon yeah. Young. He's a nice player. Yeah. I think he lines up as your starting nickelback right now, which, as we know from listening to Eberflus and Poles, that's a position that's going to be on the field. 70. I'm certainly more excited about him than Buster Scrine. <laughs> yeah. He was a walking penalty. Yeah, absolutely. So <laughs> you, you got three guys that are there. I think Jalen Johnson is the only one you feel particularly good about. So if they go with two cornerbacks early in the draft, maybe a second and a third round pick, I wouldn't be upset about that. Um, but there's a whole bunch of other positions on the defense that need to be filled too so we're gonna see <laughs> okay something i gotta i gotta plug in here yesterday i read that um that Fluce went to uh his went to getsy the oc and then went to williams the dc and told williams i'm drafting all offensive guys and then went to getsy and told him he was drafting all defensive guys. Just to mess with him? Oh my god. Yes. Wrong. So, so that way <laughs> so that way they're gonna bring him his best pitches this week. I love it. I thought that was great. <laughs> That's you know? hilarious. God. Not to mention, you and I have mentioned this, but have well, have you noticed how much just more public and press friendly these two guys seem to be than especially than Pace? But then this there does seem to be a little bit more transparency with these guys. You know yeah. what you're getting um, from, from from this group, and that you know it starts with the head coach. Um, actually, we're seeing it here in Minnesota with the Vikings. It seems like it's a brand new day over there at, at the practice facility because the coach smiles at people in the hallway. You know, <laughs> <laughs> and, and that could not happen with Mike Zimmer. So, and Flus he seemed com- like a grouchy dude. Flus comes well regarded. I'm sure the defensive dudes are reading the stories about his hit steal and. You know, you've got to come in with the motor going and, and how you got to attack things in practice. So I'm sure they're fired up about seeing how all this is going to work. You know, going back to a 4-3. Three, a three, um, you know, it's, a, it's still a honeymoon period. You know, right. until the game started, we're still in the honeymoon period with these guys. But I didn't, I didn't even know the guy existed a year ago. But I do <laughs> like what I've learned about him since then. So. And, yeah, and all the reporters have been talking about, even in the voluntary OTAs that are going on right now, just how fast the practices are moving. And the way I've heard it described is that there's no wasted time. You get there and you go. And that's good because Matt Nagy played off like a really nice guy to the media, but the more we've heard since he's been fired, it doesn't sound like he was particularly well-liked by the players towards the end of his tenure. 
during the honeymoon period, 2018, everybody seemed to love him. But from what we've been hearing from Allen Robinson and Mitch Trubisky and some other players over the last few months, it certainly doesn't sound like the locker room had a ton of respect towards Matt Nagy right. by the end. And that's why he got fired. Yeah. That happens with most coaches that get fired. That's one of the reasons you do get fired. Yeah. But When dudes didn't show up at the minicamp last year, that was uh, kind of a signal. That, that was a red flag. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, Tommy, I got a question for you. Um, if you want to trade that second round, that second second round pick, what do you what do you think the Bears could get for that? And would you get like a third round pick? And I guess you, you're trying to get more draft capital for this year, so you wouldn't want a package of third round this year right. and third round next year. You want it all for this draft? Yeah, I think um, you you know you'd uh, uh, you'd maybe swap seconds or early third, uh, and then get maybe a fourth. Um, I think that's possible. You know, they have the point system, right? Yeah. So, um, if you, if you, if he trades back, I think he could trade back, like I said, into that early third and then maybe crop, uh, a mid to late fourth, uh, or early fifth. And, you know, that would be, you know, it's obviously it's not dynamite, but it's just more picks. He's just, I mean, we're only going into the draft with only six picks. It's just not a lot, you know. We that's the that's one of the things that I'm excited about. Just for the future is just the, you know, one of the things that the Vikings always had with Spielman. Mm-hmm. Spielman ended his career with the Vikings with some of the most picks of any team during his entire regime. I mean, the guy had he averaged like twelve uh, a, a year, which is crazy. Right, I mean, literally, his team finished like number one or number two, and we were the exact opposite of that for most of the same time. So, they're they're just we. That's one of the things that is going on with their free agency system right now is that he's just got to have some warm bodies. I mean, right now, we when we went into the off season, we had less less players than any other team in the NFL. It looks like here the Lions, the Browns. The 49ers, the Jaguars all have multiple picks in the third round. What is, the, what is it? Um, the the uh, this year the what is it? Most most teams ever have two first round picks. Yeah, that's yeah. that's interesting. There's been a lot of quarterback trades over the last couple of so years. So Jags is one that has come up. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. I, I I don't hate the idea of trading down because you need to get players in here. I think it's just going to depend on how the draft is going. If they get to that second pick that they have in the second round and maybe there's not a guy they feel great about maybe they do trade back and maybe a team that is desperate to get a quarterback or something that the Bears just don't have on their board so if there's two players that they really like in the second I would prefer they use those picks because that obviously picking at the highest point is the best way to get the best player if you make the best selection so I don't think that they're going to go in with the goal of trading down necessarily, but I think if that's how the draft evolves, there's certainly nothing wrong with it. Would you trade down from the 71? That's what the Bears drafted in the third round. Would you trade down out of that? Yeah, I think that would be... uh, You know, the best of... uh, The best possible scenario. Get get a couple fourth-round picks. Yeah. Um, Obviously, it's like you guys were saying. We do want to use those uh, second-rounders on two players that are that with the intention that they come in and immediately are starters. The Baltimore Ravens have four picks in the fourth round? <laughs> it's just, I gotta, I'm double-checking this. One, two, See, that's a, that's three, a, that might be a good spot right there. Yeah. Four, five. They have five fourth-round picks. <laughs> trying to think. <laughs> they have almost as many picks in the fourth round <laughs> as we do in the entire draft. So... You know, again, bulk. We need guys. We need warm bodies. What was the year the Bears had, like, four picks in the third round and they passed on Dak Prescott with all four of them? (laughs) (laughs) That was... God, what the... Oh, man, I was so furious about that. I wanted him so bad coming out of Mississippi State. There's there's drafts like that all the time. The Twins passed up Mike Mussina to take Todd Ritchie. Oh. That was a franchise-altering decision. Todd Ritchie, former White Sox great. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, I think the thing to keep in mind with this draft is players taken in the second, third, or fourth round by the Bears this year are 
day one starters with how bad this roster is. Yeah, yeah. right, right. So, and that could even extend to the fifth round, honestly. The Actually, bear, it could insta- extend all the way to the end of the draft. Yeah. It, I mean, the, <laughs> like every single guy. The Bears have so many <laughs> positions of need on this roster that the guys that they draft are going to play significant roles on this team in 2022. Mm-hmm. Even going back to the end of the draft, typically when you're drafting guys in the fifth, sixth round, those are your special teams guys. Not with the Bears this year, I don't think. So it's going to be interesting to see what approach Ryan Poles takes. Is he going to maybe pick a guy that doesn't have as high of a ceiling but could slot in day one as a starter and be competent? There's it, a bunch of, of uh, compensation picks in this draft this year. Yeah. like the, it's, always, it's like the Chargers and the 49ers are all involved in the compensation section here. Yeah, so the, I guess we could have gotten some out of the... Mac deal, but I don't know how the, I don't know how that works. That, that thing is, that whole thing is weird. I think compensation what, picks are typically from your guys leaving in free agency, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah so, that's how it, they have some kind of formula that you know you got rid of this guy. So depending on what you bring in, I, I mean, it wasn't going to work for, for us anyway. Simply from the fact that we have to, the team has to bring in a lot of guys, yeah. right? I mean, that's just all there is to it. You know, they might not be the exciting guys. They might not be the headline guys, but they need a lot of guys. And um, now, some of these guys that they're bringing in, I think, have the real potential to be long-term guys with uh, with the Bears. I certainly uh, thought that the that the Byron Pringle uh, pickup it looked like it was whack when I first read about it. I don't think it was that bad. I looked at it a yeah. lot closer, and it was like, wow, this guy actually had a really good year last year. So, um, I mean, f- considering who he was playing behind, uh, you know, so I think that he is a real shot. Not to mention that most of the guys that they brought in, they, either the coaches or the management knew these guys, right? They weren't just blind pickups, so. Yeah. Right. That's where adding a fifth or six extra fifth or sixth round pick would come into play because the Bears do have a history of finding a Marty Booker or a Marcus Robinson, you know, in the back end of the draft, and it may take a couple years or a, Dar- guys, or a Darnell Mooney. Yeah, you're right. Or it, it, it ends up clicking. So um, don't sleep on these late round picks because uh, you can you can find great athletes who are learning how to be football players and um, and thrive that way, man. So. Um, yeah, I wasn't a big fan of the Equinemia St. Brown edition. I don't know what we're going to get out of that one. Uh, you know, though, that he didn't the, cost anything. No, he didn't. That's, he didn't. I, I, guess, I guess he pretty much is going to be a deep ball guy or something. You could throw the ball deep to him. He's and, fast. Yeah, I, He ran He ran a 4-4, and he's 6-4, right? Right. So, I mean, it costs nothing to bring him in, but our offensive coordinator knows that kid. So. Yeah. I mean, that gives me some confidence because he he said, you know what, this guy's worth bringing in. We should give him a shot. And Paul's nose Pringle. Yeah. Exactly. So, you know, it, it, um, another one that I'm really interested about is Al-Quadden. I don't know how you pronounce his name. Al-Quadden Muhammad. Oh, the edge rusher? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, had a really good season. Specifically wanted to come to Chicago to play for Alan Williams, to play for Matt Eberflus. Gotta love that. Had seven sacks last year. You know who that just made me think of? And I haven't watched a ton of him play, actually, but just based on the description and what I know about him a little bit, just sounds a lot kind of like Alex Brown, almost. Yeah. Maybe maybe not quite that good, but just a solid veteran guy that you know is going to be there and is going to be productive and loves the coaching staff, is perfect for the system, veteran leader. That's what kind of this signing makes me think of a little bit, and not saying he's going to be as good as Alex Brown. Alex Brown was really good, but you need guys like that. You need guys that are just going to come in and run the system mm-hmm. and help develop these young guys and also be out there and, you know, making some plays, right? So the, that's the hope with him is that he's an Eberflus guy, and you need some of those if you're going to start building a culture. So I like yes. that signing a lot. And everything I've heard about Muhammad makes it sound like he's just a really solid Club, uh, locker room presence as well. So great right. good things about the linebacker they signed at Morrow. Morrow from, yeah. from, from the Raiders. Uh, I guess Raiders fans were on like Baird's chat rooms going, "Man, we like this guy. You guys are going to get a good player." Blah blah, and, and that's that's encouraging too. Um, yeah, considering we're switching our linebacker setup for next year, so he's um, penciled in as a starter. Yeah. So I mean, like 
he would have been a free agent pickup as a starter, period. Yeah. Not just because they don't have anybody Yeah, else. I think him and Roquan are probably your two starters at linebacker. And obviously, in a 4-3, everybody thinks about that third linebacker. But they're going to be a nickel a lot, so there's only going to be two linebackers on the field probably... He said 85% of the time. It makes sense. In the NFL now, teams line up with three wide receivers a lot, and just with the talent at wide receiver, you don't want to have a linebacker covering those guys. Right now, Ladarius Mack is listed in the depth chart as the other starting (laughs) linebacker in 4-3. That's not what you want. Uh, (laughs) You know, though, uh, he's another player. You've got to give the kid a chance. He's only been in the league for one year, right? He'll be in camp, yeah, and he'll get a shot. Yeah. That'd be that's a great spot where you get a young player with upside and you kind of get on the field a little bit. And since you're going to be a nickel most of the time, you don't have to. He doesn't have to get overexposed and he can slowly develop. So I, I like where that's headed. Uh, isn't there still a chance? Didn't it, wasn't there talk about the Bears would double back on the kid who failed the physical? Ogan Joby. Yeah. Yes. Nobody's signed him yet. No, he's still out there. And yeah, Poles actually um, met with that met with that guy himself. And told him that you know he he was sorry that things did not work out, that his injury was just not where they thought it would be at this point, and that they just couldn't move forward. But that they wanted to know, we wanted him to know that they were leaving the door open for him, uh, you know, a little bit further down to see, uh, you know, where where he comes out at. Now, obviously, he'll be at a smaller number. Yeah. But. Yeah, I mean, there that guy going into the offseason was one of the top-rated defensive tackles that was going to be available in free agency because he had a brilliant year in Cincinnati last year. Yeah, and it's interesting because right when that happened, I, I was thinking to myself that if there was truly some contention about what the Bears did, we would have heard immediately from the agent saying, the Bears screwed this up, they didn't treat Ogan Joby fairly, we're going to sign with another team. We haven't heard any of like that. The agent would have been threatening uh, some sort of grievance yeah. before right. it happened. So. Like, so we haven't heard any of that, which makes me think that the physical probably was that bad. And I think that it was probably the right decision to just cut that contract off because I, how many times have we seen the Bears sign a big free agent or draft somebody high in the round and then they show up to training camp and they're on the pup list and <laughs> they're like, oh, he'll be back, he'll be back, then all of a sudden he's on IR. Or, too many. Or like Robert Quinn two years ago. Remember that? When he, oh, sh- yes. he, sh- he showed up to training camp and nobody knew what was going on and he was just dead on arrival. Now, to his credit, he rebounded last year, which was great, but... We've Just seen, after they gave him $30 million guaranteed. Yeah, but we've seen it over and over with the Bears. Tevin Jenkins last year, Robert Quinn, going all the way back to like Pernell McPhee or Chris Williams even, or Gabe Karimi. That McPhee one really irritated yeah, me. Like, that's how you end up with this stuff, where you notice guys, you notice things on the physical, and then you go ahead with the contract anyway. So the fact that they didn't is good. And I should be telling you, if a team like Baltimore is letting someone like Pernell, Pernell McPhee walk, that should be a signal to you too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So. I want to circle back to wide receiver a little bit because some news crossed the Twitter feed yesterday that I was a little interested in. And we know that there's a, some pretty high-profile receivers that are looking for trades right now or at least have some sort of disagreement with their current team. The big ones are Debo Samuel and uh, A.J. Brown. Yeah, which bring up Antonio Brown. No. But I think those two guys that I just listed... They're either not going to be traded, or if they are traded, the Bears don't have what it takes to get them right now. But I saw that the Giants might be looking to trade Kadarius Toney. And that was interesting to me, because A, the Bears just signed the wide receivers coach from the Giants, Mm -hmm. who would have worked with Toney last year, and everybody thinks really highly of that particular coaching hire. And Toney's a guy that has some playmaking ability. When he gets the ball in his hands, he can make some things happen. He didn't have a great year last year, which was his rookie year, and the fact that the Giants, who have no talent, are potentially looking to trade him is a bit of a red flag. But if that is an opportunity... that How many, does, ga- how many games did he have? I think 13. I was just looking at it. But if that's an opportunity, that doesn't strike me as a guy that would cost that much to trade for, and I would be interested in that because he at least from a talent standpoint, fits the profile of what Ryan Poles, I think, is looking for. That would be tricky because then you'll probably have to put a draft pick in and part of the deal. Yeah. We're trying to add picks, not 
trade picks, you know. Right. Trade to get extra picks, not giveaway picks. But if but you could get him, but Tony is an interesting, intriguing uh, name there. Yeah, mm-hmm. and he's only twenty three. So if you can get him for a fifth or a sixth round pick, are you going to draft a player that's that talented with that same pick? They're going to want more than that. Do he you think a so? First rounder last year. Yeah. Was he really? Yeah, actually, he was. Heavily rumored to be uh, the Bears' pick last year. Yeah, twentieth overall. That's mm-hmm. right. But uh, so because you know if they wouldn't have traded up, that was the Bears' pick, right? That that was uh, that was really um, right there at the end when we get close, like right now. That's who they were talking about. Now um, I went and looked through the internet because I want to understand how he is ready to be traded after one year. Um, that's a good point. I mean, with Debo Samuel, that's a completely different situation. He's saying, I've outplayed my contract, which I think everybody would pretty much agree with that because he's shown that he's one of the deadliest weapons in the NFL. Um, and any team will open, you know, will be like, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll pay out some big bills for him, right? We'll, we'll give you some serious resources in the draft for that. But Tony doesn't have anything to show. I mean, he didn't play the whole season. When he did play, he, didn't, he wasn't a factor at all. And it's like, how do you completely, you know, ruin the relationship with your team in just one year? It, 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 I didn't find anything more about it. I haven't heard what the cause of this is either, and it might just end up not being true, but... It's the opposite of what Lavelle just said about the Ravens. The Giants are a dumb organization. (laughs) So it's like, all right, maybe there's an opportunity to take advantage of the sucker at the poker table a little bit. And, you know, normally that sucker at the poker table has been the Bears, as we know. But maybe with this new regime, they're finally going to break out of that a little bit. And maybe if you can get this guy for, you know, maybe a little bit less than what his true market value is, I would be interested in that. I mean... Like you said, Tom, last year, 57 targets, 39 catches, 420 yards. So nothing that jumps off the page, but the talent is there. Certainly not for the 20th overall pick. No, but the talent we know is there. So we'll see how this materializes. But that one, when I saw it cross the Twitter page, like I said, Kim. Along that, um, you know, I do hear that the Giants organization is basically doing the same thing as Chicago. And that is... They are kind of clean in house. Um, there's even talk about Saquon Barkley not being on the team this year. Oh, that's a no-brainer. You know, so, um, and, you know, Daniel <coughs> Jones, they got to be looking at that and going, yeah, okay, so what has he done? Oh, he's led the NFL in interceptions, you know. So um, they, uh, they certainly have a lot of cleaning to do themselves. So maybe that's part of it. Maybe they're just like, you know, he just, he's not going to be a fit for us, and he's kind of disgruntled. Let's just try and move him. Let's see. It says here, Tony missed time in 2021 due to multiple injuries, was placed on the COVID list twice, and was subject to the wrong kind of headlines in the preseason. He reportedly did not finish either of the Giants' two rookie minicap practices due to a cleat issue and an injury. He then missed voluntary <laughs> workouts because he had not signed his rookie contract. And I know he played. he had one game against the Cowboys, and he got ejected for throwing a punch in that game. Oh, God. So, this may be a knucklehead thing issue. Uh, <laughs> that's the last thing that bears me. What's a cleat issue? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but what everybody says about Eberflus is that he's all about discipline. Oh, the New York Daily News reported that Tony's commitment came into question behind the scenes in 2021 due to lack of playbook study and poor meeting behavior. (laughs) (laughs) See, that's the kind of stuff that I thought might be behind this. And that could be, but there is an opportunity with guys like that if you can can get them to buy in and... You know, the Giants have the a new, right price. The, yeah, exactly. So, like I said, maybe it's an opportunity to get a guy at maybe a little bit below his market value. And we all saw what the Giants were doing last year with Jason Garrett. Maybe it's a good sign that he was like, I'm not doing any of that. But <laughs> <laughs> like, they were awful. Like, they started Mike Glennon for like eight games. So. <laughs> oh, think about that. <laughs> yeah. And their coach was an idiot. Their, their coach was as bad as Matt Nagy. What was the guy's name? Judge? So... 
Joe Judge. You know, Joe Judge, right? I, I don't know. I mean, we'll see what comes of this, but this certainly struck me as a thing where, hey, you know, if we could maybe trade a late round pick. They started from, from from Georgia. Oh man, <laughs> he was so bad. He got sat down for Glennon. Yeah, when you're whoa, when you're debating between Jake Fromm and Mike Glennon, you've done something horribly, horribly wrong. I'm no kidding, you are not wrong about that. Uh, Tom, I gotta ask you: Your boy Kevin King is still a free agent. What's yeah. happened to him? So you know he's um, he he had his great times when he was uh, when he was a Hawkeye. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, man, I would certainly I, I saw that. I think he would be worth bringing in. I mean, again, with a, with a player like that, it comes down to what kind of number they, what kind of resources you got to commit to them. He's right? still just twenty seven. So, yeah, I mean, he, and you know, he it, he wasn't terrible, but he wasn't very good either. Um, now, if they could bring him in at a at a at a good reasonable number, I definitely we need him. We need young corners. Uh, the cornerback cupboard is pretty bare, so he he would be a good one to bring in. What do you guys think about the buzz uh, lately with bringing back Akeem Hicks? Um, they need defensive tackles. I guess it's what contract is he going to get? If he's healthy, he's effective. Yeah. And, yeah. And staying on the field the last few years have been an issue. Yeah. Now, I don't know how much he's looking for. If he's looking for $8 million a year, I'm like, eh. <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll do a hard pass on that. Um, I mean, there was rumors that the Vikings are going to sign him. Could be. I mean, we saw him in that Vikings game last year. And he was throwing people around yeah. like it was 2017 again. Nah, I yeah. love him. He, gives, he has bite to the a tiny defense. He'll have bite and experience. And uh, I just, you don't know how often he's going to play. Is he going to play 17 games? Can you get him to play 10? Yeah, I think that's more along the lines, uh, maybe 10. And the way he was talking last year, you could tell that in his mind it was his last year. It really seemed like it. And I think he actually said something to that effect where he said that Vikings game that I was just talking about was his goodbye to Chicago. So once a player gets there in his mind, sometimes that's just a mental block that they're just ready to move on. And maybe changing out the coaching staff changes that a little bit, but... I don't know. Lavelle said it comes down to availability with him, and he hasn't been available, unfortunately. Also, did any did any Goodman officially retire yet? No, but he got cut. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Goldman, Eddie Goldman. Yeah, but I, I'm expecting to hear his retirement speech come out here pretty soon. Yeah, probably. I don't think anybody's going to. I don't that, think anybody's going to sign him, and certainly not to the same level that the the contract was with the Bears. The, the rumor is that the only reason he came back last year was to get that five million dollar uh, bonus. Uh, his heart was not in the plane. I mean, he played like Wouldn't that. Wouldn't you? Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. he was probably looking at, like, this is going to be my last big check. I think COVID did something to him when, um, you know, it just caused really? him to assess his, uh, I mean, his standing in life. He, 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 he opts out, and then he comes back and immediately gets COVID. <laughs> what yes. the I mean, he, he plays such a physical position, and that just beats your body up. You have to wonder if that year he sat out, he was just like, you know, maybe the money's not worth it that much when I can feel this way compared to how I feel after the 10th game of the season when I've just been getting crunched the whole time. Yeah. And yeah. If, if you don't really love to play the game, then I could see how that would happen. So that seems to me like the simplest explanation and... You know, I, I don't think we'll see him again in the NFL. I don't because it, he's going to get a very small contract if he gets one at all. And yeah, I, I had to look this up since you guys brought up his name. Uh, Mike Glennon has made, <laughs> made thirty-one million dollars in his career. <laughs> Sixteen of it came with the with the Bears the two years he was yeah. on the Bulls. So if he plays again this year, then at least less than oh, half. He, half he's he's with the Saints. Yeah, he got signed right. Yeah. Yeah. So, for some reason, Colin Kaepernick couldn't get a job all that time, but Mike Glennon keeps getting a job. Please explain that to me. Uh, we haven't seen Kaepernick play in, you know, what is it, 10 years? But I guarantee he could go out and be better than Glennon. Well, I was thinking about that because apparently he's been working out. I'm like, wouldn't that be a great signing to back up Justin Fields? <laughs> I, I would think it would be. I, I think that the Simeon signing was solid. Um, he, he's a solid player. He's getting to play for his home, uh, his home team. His, uh, his, you know, I, I think that's cool that he could be a, a backup. I agree. I agree. But it doesn't. The begin. It didn't start off very well when he got his car stolen. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back. He went golfing. He got his golf 
course, near Evergreen Park or someone someone stole his car in the yeah. parking park lot. In the parking lot. I wonder what, I, the one thing I want yeah. to know I wonder is if, what kind of car I wonder was. if he was driving Mitch Trubisky's Camry. <laughs> <laughs> that's, what it, that's what it was, right? The Camry? Yeah, it was. <laughs> I don't think anybody would have stolen that. It must have been a nicer car. <laughs> so... Um, one of the picks that, uh, or one of the pickups that I have also that I'm very excited about is uh, Justin Jones uh, mm-hmm. from San Diego. We were talking about defensive tackle. Mm-hmm. Um, he's being brought in as the, the new starter at three technique. Uh, of course, there's been a lot of talk about that because how important it is in Eberflus's uh, uh, in his defense. And I gotta say, he's another one of those players. When you look at a lot of these guys that they brought in. Um, you know, they signed him almost all to one-year de- one year prove-it deals. Mm-hmm. He is one of those guys that's really intriguing. At the right time in his career, has played very solid, sometimes exceptionally, and, uh, you know, play, uh, been in the games, been there available, and it's like, this is his shot. Eberflus, the night before he's going to move, he's going to fly to Indy to get signed there. He called Eberflus himself. Calls the guy up, says, "Don't do that. Come to Chicago, you know, buy into our system." And he comes, and he's going to be the new starter there. I, I gotta say, I'm excited about that guy. I think so. I mean, I saw a lot of Chargers fans, which I didn't really know there were any, but <laughs> <laughs> they were saying that they thought he was a better player than Ogan Joby, even. Wow. So, so they think really highly of him. I mean, obviously that's internet talk, but. It sounds like that was a fairly good replacement for Ogunjobi, and might—I mean, obviously he might end up being a lot better if Ogunjobi doesn't even play this year, which it sounds like might be on the table still. So, I, I think that they missed out on their first target, and they quickly transitioned and got their secondary target. So you can't really be mad about that, I don't think. So you know, Biggs, Biggs pointed that out too. Is that just that point? They immediately pivoted and went and got their second mm-hmm. guy. Yeah. That that shows you something. They're nimble, and they're they're not. They they had a backup plan. They probably had a backup plan in store, uh, which is a good sign that uh, they had all their bases covered just in case something falls apart. They can go out and address it quickly and move forward. So, and and the backup plan wasn't signing Jimmy Graham for. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> why is he? Why was he on the roster last year? I still don't know why. So now we still need another defensive tackle. So I'm guessing the 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 fourth or fifth round picks got to be a defensive tackle, right? Kyrus Tong is listed in the depth chart now as the other defensive tackle. Yeah. Well, he did get a lot of play time he last did. year. And that's a spot where you can find a guy, right? Like, you can find a guy late in the draft. You can find a guy for you. Like, think about back to the Lovey teams, all of the guys that slotted in and played that position competently. Guys like Ian Scott or Alfonso Boone or Matt, Matt Toina. Yes. Stephen was <laughs> Great rotation like, player. Yeah, so you can find guys that can play that position, but I, I agree. I, that that strikes me as like sixth round pick slash, you know, veteran signing slash. From Texas A&I or yeah. <laughs> Texas State. Because you can get a guy in there that can just be big and is fine just running into the offensive line and taking on blocks every play. I mean, so I, I think they'll find a guy there. I don't think it will be Tonga, but like you said, he played okay. I think he was all right. Yeah, so like I'm intrigued to see how what this pass rush is going to look like with uh, with Aquadine Muhammad and Robert Quinn as the as the bookend uh, uh, attackers there. So, I well, you, you know, you were mentioning earlier about um, Quinn. I, I I am not confident that he's on the roster now. Come week one, I, really? I, I think he's going to get moved. So I'm not, I wasn't I wasn't talking out my head. No, I I, I don't yeah. think it happens. The he, the thing is is that he doesn't really fit the new team. Um, he he can do a lot more, and actually, this this is kind of applicable to Hicks as well. Hicks is probably looking to be a rotational guy in a team that is a contender. Uh, Quinn is looking to probably be a guy that's going to in that same in Von Miller, right? Mm-hmm. In the same kind of Von Miller spot. Because uh, the thing is, is that Quinn is what thirty two, mm-hmm. uh, thirty three, and you know he uh, he he obviously he put on a show. For the NFL last year, and he this way he can get with a team where uh, he can get into that spot again where he might win a Super Bowl. It just it's gonna be a matter of what the the Bears could get in return for him. Uh, will it necessitate? Will it require them to eat some of the salary or commit to help help and uh, half the salary, or whatever? Uh, the more they are willing to 
uh, contribute, the better the pick they can get or whatever you can get in return. And you know, that was the thing is that with the um, with the Mac deal, mm-hmm. it, when you look at that deal closer, it's actually a, it was actually a pretty decent trade. I think so. I felt more comfortable about that trade than I have in a trade with the Bears for a while. Well, the way the way I looked at it, and I think this also applies to Robert Quinn, is that the value that those guys were going to provide to the Bears next year was basically zero in my mind like and that's not even a comment on their ability say the both mac and quinn are great next year takes the bears from a five win team to a seven win team right the the team's just not built to be competitive this year so if you can get something for those guys that can give you a player that will contribute for the next five six years you just have to do that it's a no-brainer quinn's cap hit next year 17 million dollars yeah, his salary is twelve eight. His cap is seventeen one. Are, are you on spot track right yes. now? Yes. What happens if they cut him? Because then it's probably a bigger hit next year. But then he's off the books, right? If I'm reading this right, and yeah. looking at the dead cap column, it would be twelve point seven million. But he's not owed any more guaranteed money. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's good. So, and they have another guy there that I really liked. I really liked Travis Gibson. Uh, yeah, yeah, he, uh, he he flies around out there. I guess he. Uh, I saw some stuff on Twitter uh, just after minicamp, and he was like pumped up. So, uh, and I mean, I mean, his attitude, his vibe, just really. It sounds like he's wholeheartedly in on the new coaching staff. And yeah, um, last year he showed that he could be a force. So uh, if we have two. Kind of Muhammad's, you know, Gibson, kind of similar players, yeah. right? That's actually a fairly formidable uh, outside uh, edge for us, right? So, yeah. could see some real pressure. Yeah. And can this group stop the run, though? Yeah, that part of it, we, we, I mean, right now, it, and especially last year, yeah. I mean, they gouged the team right up the gut. Well, yeah, they injured Hakeem Hicks and uh, half-hearted Eddie Goldman. So I mean, it, it was it was expected almost, you know. And sad to admit that, but it just didn't have the bite it's had in, in recent years. No, and I, I think that plus the skeletal remains of Danny Trevathan in the second oh, level. And... <laughs> yeah, what a bad signing that was because they let a, for a year. I thought they let a couple of guys go. They let Kwiatkowski go, and they let another linebacker go, so they could keep Trevathan. And I don't think either of those ideas were good in hindsight. I mean, his his first deal was he was a great signing when we he was when yes. we originally did it, but yeah, the when when they decided to I I mean everybody it, it's it, that was one of those things where you're watching the team and it, and it feels like everybody knows what is going on except the staff. <laughs> and you're like, wait a second, how can we all see this? And you guys, whose whole job to do it, it you can't. I, I don't get that. No. So, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see where they go. I think we're going to have a lot to talk about after this weekend with the draft, and the possibilities are really endless. I wouldn't be shocked if they trade up even. I wouldn't be shocked if they trade back. I wouldn't be surprised if they don't make any trades at all. Really, very little will surprise me. The only things that would surprise me are if they draft like a cornerback, or sorry, a quarterback or a running back. But (laughs) other than that, it's all on the table. I I think there's very little chance of that. I can't wait to see the undrafted free agent signings as well. We're relegated to have to focus on stuff like this. We're not the number one pick. Yeah. 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 See what Paul's is going to do with these undrafted... UFA. There's going to be a ton of, of undrafted free agents yes. in camp just because they don't have a ton of players on the roster and the roster is not good. And plus, college football, you've hit, they had the super senior thing for the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be a. I think the, I think the sheer numbers, I think the volume is going to be higher than it has been in past years. Yeah. Because you've had so many guys who went back to college for a couple of years. So, what position at 39, if you had your druthers, would you like to see drafted? Left tackle. Left tackle. How about you? Receiver, I think. Um, I, I like the idea of a left tackle. I'm just a little skeptical that you could get a long-term start left tackle in the second round. But these guys have a track record of finding that needle in a haystack. So if they go left tackle there, I certainly won't have anything to complain about until we actually see the guy play, at least. Yeah. I'm left tackle as well. Yeah, I'm left tackle because I think I think you have a better chance to strike and go later in the draft with a wide receiver than would be as a, with... Uh, 
and then an offensive lineman. So, and it looks like there's a good crop of wide receivers throughout this draft. There so, really is. And uh, the other thing is, I want the new guy to pick one of his guys to put in our line. Um, Jim, you're the first person I knew that pointed out what he did in Kansas City last year with the two linemen that he drafted that both, you know, uh, um, who, was, who, was the, who was the guys again? Creed Humphrey and uh, what was the other guy's name? I don't know. But he's he, like a fifth rounder or sixth rounder? Yeah, but uh, pulls because we all but remember. Humphrey graded out as like the number yeah. two center in the NFL. Yes. I was like, who was this guy? You know, I was like, wow. And yeah, so. And, and we all remember what that was in response to. That was the Chiefs losing in the Super Bowl because they couldn't block. Uh, overhaul, yeah. overhauled their offensive line that offseason. They bring in like four new, or was it five? They like five. like five new guys. Made a couple of trades, draft picks, yeah, including like Kyle Long, including Kyle Long. He didn't last. Who, so he, yeah, he got hit, hurt, and he, he never camp. he never played. Yeah, yeah. Trey Smith was the other guy, by the way. Yeah, yeah. So uh, my my point being, um, which you guys just highlighted on, it, it I want to see him touch our offensive line, if you will. Right, I want to see him pick out a guy. Uh, you know, another guy that um, is exciting is that Zion Johnson from Boston College. Um, but he's one of those guys that they're saying that could end up like maybe about 15. Yeah, he's up there. And I wouldn't hate if they went and got a center, too. I know that everybody thinks uh, Patrick, the guy from the Packers, is going to play center, but they could easily move him to guard. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah they could. And you know, um, uh, I saw some... Uh, uh, some out loud wondering yesterday about Linderbaum uh, falling. Oh, wow. You know, and maybe if he got to that 30 range, that, you know, that's where that they have enough right there to jump up and grab him. That would be amazing. That'd be a big fall because he was in the mid first round, right? I know, but it's, you know, it all comes down to a matter of positions as to how they, you know, how they stack. And there's, you know, there's some, there's some really good guys that are going to be. Uh, as far as tackle and defensive end and top corners that are gonna are gonna push you know some of the guys down and center, while it is you know arguably the most important part on the line because they call the they call the defense, it's not gonna have the same grip as as a tackle or one of the top guards. Do you need your center to also play some guard? Yeah, well you know, and that's the thing is is that Patrick has played both right and left. Mm-hmm. And so if you bring in a new center, yeah. you can easily shift him to one of the other spots. And we need right bad. Yes, we do. We let James Daniels go, which was kind of tough because he's still a young cat. Was he still twenty five, something like that? Yeah, he's young. God. I heard polls just didn't like him. I, I I gotta take that guy's word for it. Now, well, I think he plays soft. I think yeah. he's a little soft. I, well, it's hard to say a guy who smashes into people every play. <laughs> soft, but you, you don't you don't see the grit or the anger or the violence that uh, you like to see from some offensive and, linemen. And, and he had elite measurables. He was considered an elite prospect, and he's been okay. But if I am thinking, if I'm trying to figure out what Ryan Poles is thinking, I think that probably says a little something when you've got a guy that has all the talent but hasn't necessarily put it all together at the NFL level. He's been pretty good, but... Yeah, but he, I mean, he hasn't, like, graded out as, like, one of the top centers in the NFL. And that show, I mean, he didn't get a huge contract from the Steelers, so the Bears could have had him back at a pretty reasonable price, and they chose to let him walk, so... Obviously, that shows you what they thought of him, I guess. Oh, one uh, one thing, too. Um, So I've seen some of the the grumpies on uh, on Twitter say, well, if they go and draft... uh, you know, use the top three picks on, on defense. I, I'm not watching this team. I, I think that's silly. Wow, what's wrong with these people? <laughs> right. Anybody that ever says they're not gonna watch is lying. By the way. <laughs> right. I want to give. I want to give. Uh, I want to give our quarterback as much help and talent around him as possible. But you got to build both sides of the ball here, and there, there's holes on both sides. So we got to. We don't have a starting corner. We don't have a starting third linebacker. Although we may not need one. A lot, and we don't know who our one of our defensive tackles is going to be. Yeah, these holes need to be fixed. Yeah, and you need at least one safety. Yeah, maybe two. So, yeah. no kidding. What did what did did you read the rumors on Twitter about um, uh, that 
uh, we might trade fields. Did you read about that? There was a there was one story out there. Yeah, um, that suggested the the Bears could maximize right. Few they could accelerate their rebuild. That came oh. from SI. Mike Florio was saying that too. He said that the Bears' action show they're not all in on Justin Fields. I don't agree with that at all. You made the commitment. Yeah. You made the draft pick. You made the trade to get up. Get you got to. Why would you take the job in the first place? I, that's the thing with Ryan Poles is he had other options. I don't think he would have signed up to come here if he thought Justin Fields was bad. I agree. That's just idiotic. That's pretzel logic. <laughs> Most people are, are attracted to a team because they got a young, developable quarterback. Yeah. yeah, this kid gets way more upside than Trubisky did, and absolutely, you've seen it in flashes. You want to see it more consistently, but the kid's working his ass off right now, working with Bears receivers. You know, by all accounts. Yeah. Now we got to see a leap. You know, it's not it's not on the just on the talent surrounding him. It's on him as well, and so he's the reason why he got sacked as much as he did. Yeah, as much as anything. Um, Which he admitted to, I thought was interesting at the at the press conference. He point blank said it. I was holding the ball too long. Yep, and he's worked on his mechanics. Apparently, he's got some refined mechanics now to help him get rid of the ball quick. So we got to see this play. He's seen it now. Let's see how he synthesized all this information he gathered in 2021 and how it, it, it works for him in 2022. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah, I mean, and I think with some better coaching, he's going to be in a better position to succeed too. Even though I think the overall attitude of the players that we retained is going to be at a much higher level than it was last year. And, and I'm not convinced that they're done at wide receiver. I mean, obviously there's the draft, but I wouldn't be shocked if they either still sign or trade somebody that has a bit more of a track record. They're just waiting for maybe the price to go down a little bit. I don't think that they're going to come into the year with only Darnell Mooney and some rookies to help. No, I don't think so at all. I still like the idea of bringing in Jarvis Landry. I, I, I hope they do look at him. And, you know, it's like you were saying, you know, he's had a, that the market's had a chance to cool down. And uh, as we move forward, you know, the, the those kind of veterans will be like, oh, yeah, I'll take a little bit less, you know, to come in for a one-year deal, you know. Um, but uh, I think that he would still be a, a quality add-on. Did Odell Bell? Did Odell sign anywhere? Well, he's coming back from injury, right? Yeah, he tore his ACL in the Super Bowl. I don't know that he's going to be ready to play. Some uh, people say he's out there too, right? Who? Julio Jones. Oh, Julio Jones! Yeah. <laughs> you got some geezers out there, man. <laughs> uh, you know, that's the thing is, is that um, both of those guys. Uh, well. You know, Beckham would be a a good signing, it, it, but I don't know how you do that to one knee twice in three years and, you know, expect to keep playing and the same way. The thing with him, too, is fair or unfair, he's got a bit of a reputation where when things aren't going great with the team, he loses interest or yeah. is yeah. a problem. He checks out. Yeah. 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 Yeah, and, definitely. And I don't think that he's going to be walking into a Bears team if they sign him. That's going to be competing for a Super Bowl. Uh, right Antonio, away. Antonio Brown used to scoff at the possibility of playing for the Bears, but now he's liking pictures of, from fans putting him in a Bears uniform. Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, I'm I, I don't care. I don't care that what's his face said. I'll give you twenty million dollars if he doesn't work out. Uh, but, I'm, uh, I'm just kidding, actually. There's no way I want to see Antonio <laughs> yeah, Brown no. anywhere in the same no. lock clubhouse with no. uh, <laughs> someone. Someone <laughs> will sign him because he's still good, but I don't think it'll be the Bears. I don't think George is signing off on that. After I don't know. It, it, it's interesting because after it was one thing when he was just like mouthing off. It's another when you. Pull off your pads and your jersey. In the uh, I, I will say in this: in the middle of a game, and just leave. Ryan Poles comes from the Chiefs, and the Chiefs built somewhat of a strategy around acquiring guys that have character issues. And so, it's certainly something that we'll see if he inherited, because the Chiefs signed a lot of guys over the years that were questionable off the field, or more than questionable, and they did pretty well with it. So, I think they did. Help. I think they got a lot of value back for. Uh, for Tariq Hill. Oh, gosh. Yeah. I was the only guy who took off a skate and tried to stab someone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> All right, so. I guess. So, uh, anyway, uh, thanks very much, fans, for joining us. Uh, thank you, Lavelle. My pleasure. Yeah, Lavelle, any any last thoughts? 
Uh, we just gotta we're just gonna have to manage our expectations for these for this next season. Uh, yes, because it could be a rough ride. So we have to we have to just look at this roster and look at the schedule and just say there's a means to an end here. Yes, and, and just. Uh, Continue to go down to Allery's and support the bar until you still remain the Bears bar. If there's nothing else, we need to keep the bar going. Manage manage expectations. That's great. And just hope that the better days are sooner than later. I think there's going to be some very positive things. I really believe that. I think that Fields is going to... I think he's going to quiet some naysayers. I hope so. We're going to... It, big next step with the draft this weekend. So yes. we'll be back on talking to you after that. We'll have a full breakdown of what we've been, you know, just trying to hypothesize about over the last few weeks. We're going to see what actually happens. And I'm excited. This is like, to me, the big first step for this new regime. So thank you, everybody, for listening. Again, thank you, Lavelle, Thanks, for coming on. Uh, once again, you can find Lavelle on Twitter at Lavelle Neal. And if you're looking for some twins content, check out the Chin Music podcast with Lavelle, Jim Suhan, and Roy Smalley. So thanks, everybody, for listening. I'm Jim. I'm Thomas. Bear down. Bye.